everybody, Jason Burmis here, and I am extremely pleased to have my good friend uh, James Corbett with me to today to discuss really everything coronavirus, but especially the numbers, as not only Americans but worldwide people are restless. There are more and more protests. There are now even states reopening, whatever that means. Uh, some of them really didn't close down that much. In the first place, he, of course can be found over at the legendary website, CorbettReport.com, where you can check out really both of his YouTube uh, YouTube channels and much more. How are you across the pond, James? Uh, across the other pond, yeah, I'm doing all right today. Uh, it is bright and early in the morning, and I'm on my, my second cup of Oh, no, first cup of coffee. I was going to get a second before we started, so I might be a little sluggish, but I'll uh, don't worry, I'll pull it together. So anyway, one of the big reasons I wanted to have you on, other than the fact that we have been kind of doing this uh, pre-U.S. lockdown back and forth, talking about uh, what we thought about the situation, is because, you know, I'm looking at New York. I'm talking to a couple nurses. In fact, I've got uh, updates from both of them uh, today, one in uh, Queens and one in Stony Brook. And although it's slowing down, uh, I actually saw one of them had posted, um, whatchamacallit, that she was leaving. And I thought that she was, like, actually leaving. But really, it was a joke. Uh, I said to her, uh, let's see. Let me just read it word for word. I saw you were about to get laid off. Uh, can you give me an update on what has been happening the last couple of weeks? And this is the one at Stony Brook, and that's where they uh, built one of the military uh, facilities. She goes, oh, no, just joking. No healthcare workers are being laid off. I'm just bitter because I have friends who got laid off. Who will be making more than I do, not working, because of the unemployment plus hazard pay. My hospital hasn't gotten any hazard pay, and we're still with coronavirus patients every single day. Just no incentive to work. Coronavirus numbers are trending down, but extremely slowly. Uh, we're still getting new COVID patients every day, and COVID adults on ventilators are still having a difficult time uh, coming off the vents. But our numbers have definitely decreased, I said. Uh, so you would say what? You are no longer overwhelmed, but COVID is still the main thing being treated in your facility? She says, no, it's definitely still overwhelming. I think I'm just personally getting used to it. All we see is COVID. We all wear N95s all, all day long still. We get significantly more exposure every day because uh, we are very used to going in and out of the patient's rooms now. Uh, it's just our new normal. And I said, what about the ventilators? Are they being used less? And he goes, no, we are still almost out of ventilators. I then said, uh, this isn't how they're portraying it in the news, saying you guys have more than enough. I go, if you have 10 minutes, I'd love to get your take on what this woman is saying. And there's a new video of a nurse that says she has a New York City nurse source. I don't know if you've seen this one yet, James, but I watched them all because people send them to me, right? And she watched it, and uh, I'm just not even going to – I mean, it's such a long tirade of how upset she is, basically saying, no, we're not just putting people on ve uh, ventilators. Uh, we use 6L nasal cannula. I mean, going through a bunch of stuff that I'll probably be talking about later. But the other thing about this, James, and I know I'm on a long rant here, is that the vast majority of all these cases in this large region behind me are actually concentrated in this one white dot right here by New York. Not the state. I actually mean that dot. If you look at the state broken up, folks, I actually have to remove myself from the picture before you even see what New York City and Long Island look like very much on the bottom there. So, Mr. Corbett, what do you think's going on with the numbers, New York State and America in particular? 
Well, that's an excellent question. So let's dig into it. But before we do, let's let's set the table for the conversation because I want to note that you have been exposed as a shill, Jason Burmes, <laughs> by the people in the comment section who are the snowflakes of this, the alt media, I guess, who cannot take whose minds melt at the idea that someone might have a different interpretation of what's going on than they do and must immediately call anyone who says anything that they disagree with a shill, uh, which is, uh, it's not it's not just disgusting, it's actually a COINTELPRO tactic. For anyone who's actually read the COINTELPRO documents from the 1950s, what the FBI was doing at that time to infiltrate groups that they didn't like, one of the tactics they used was to infiltrate them and to and then to insert their members in so that they could call they could say oh that guy's a shill that guy's working for the FBI that guy that guy isn't real and it was always the FBI agents who were the ones that were going out and calling other people shills and plants <laughs> so keep that in mind when you see people in the comment section calling everyone else a shill hmm i wonder have they read the cointelpro documents or are they working from those documents anyway um, so I find that kind of rhetoric disgusting, uh, and we're going to prove that you can have reasonable discussion even if you do disagree on certain things. Uh, secondarily, I, I also want to underline that the underlying point of all of what's going on right now, I think we agree on. We agree on all of the things that actually matter about what's how, or I'm going to presume we agree on them. Please, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I presume we agree that what is happening right now is the most fundamental abrogation of basic rights that we have ever seen in our entire lifetimes, that the, the, the insanity of what is happening right now is absolutely off the charts in terms of contact tracing that's going to be Big Brother on steroids, knowing everywhere that you go, everyone that you talk to, everything that you do, everything that you purchase, presumably now and for the rest of your life, because you can guarantee that they will never give up this, this technology and these tools once they have them in place. You can guarantee that the surveillance is going to be total and, and pervasive for everything you do for the rest of your life. This is the underlying issue of what we are stepping into, the corona world order, as I've detailed on my program. So that is the real issue. No, I agree. Having said all of that, let's let's quibble about numbers. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, <laughs> that's to my, thing. To my mind, that is like looking at a, a, tra a car accident at the side of the road, and you see the, pa the passenger and, and the driver and everyone is dead, and the you know the wheels have flown off and the car is totally wrecked and you're arguing about like one of the nuts which nut on the left rear wheel came off first or something <laughs> like kind of misses the point but well, anyway it's the covid 19 let's talk about the numbers. So right, James, here's my right? question cuz you can't have the other thing is most people don't think you can have those two opinions right they're they're not mutually exclusive that i think the virus is very real and kills people and there's a problem in new york but i'm very much against the lockdown or any draconian policy uh that's going to be put in place to track trace and database me or bring in medical martial law there's also a slew of other things i have a a problem with this response but then at the same time you know there are people that are like well hospitals are empty and i'm like well again when you look geographically, I understand they furloughed a lot of employees. You know, when you again, when more, when the vast majority of the cases are the white dot on this huge piece of land, I totally get it. But, you know, even that video that went viral yesterday uh, with the two doctors, I'm sure that people were sending it to you. Um, most people, again, just watched the two, three minute clip of you know, them piecing together, didn't watch the hour plus thing. And when asked about New York City, he said, listen, yes, 
that's a hot zone. He goes, and we're not saying the virus isn't real. We're saying that it looks like a 0.1% mortality rate like the flu. It may be more contagious. Now, in turn, if it's twice as contagious, it will kill twice as many people with the same death rate. If it's three times as contagious, it will kill three times as many people. And now with the very limited antibody tests they've done in New York, they are projecting 13.9% of a state with 19 million people already have the antibodies. That's 2 million people they're saying have already been infected and gotten over this in my state. And the vast majority of those, about 1.7 million, if you do the numbers, James, are down in that little area we just talked about. Yeah, but that also depends on the fact of wh or whether or not you trust the antibody tests to be reliable indicators of SARS-CoV-2 infection, which I don't. So I don't believe those numbers either. <laughs> well, that's a tough one for me too, James. So, all right. It, so the other thing is my cousin has now been tested twice, okay? So I'm not sure if you're familiar with this story, but in the very beginning, she was sick. This is, uh, this is mid-March, right? She's trying to get tested. She's trying to get tested. She can't get tested. Third time, they test her. She comes up negative. Now, this is the swab test. Um, now, I'm not sure the second test was the blood test or not, but the swab test, they call her up. She's never been sicker in her life. They tell her, no, you didn't have it. You had pneumonia, okay? Then the Bear Mountain facility in Duchess Mountain opens, and this is two Saturdays ago she goes there. Now, when she gets up there, um, she sends me a picture after the fact because the internet is jammed and the AM FM is jammed. So basically no radio, no internet while you're there. She takes the test. She feels fine. They call her back last Thursday. They say she's got it. Now they've sent her paperwork after her quarantine is over to come in and get ready for the, the plasma treatment. Basically they want to use her blood for this plasma treatment that they're going to be using in New York state and across the U S. So if the whole thing is soup, is just totally wrong, and again, we shouldn't trust all, all the tests, right? How many times have they said they're faulty and do the antibody tests work? What the hell are they going to take from my cousin and put into another person? That's another really scary aspect of this, in my opinion. I agree. <laughs> and yeah, if this was something that was unfolding over the course of years and there was you know enough time to research, but it seems that this is happening very quickly, which seems to be part of the agenda. Um, and even people like Dr. John Ioannidis, I mean, a lot of people now are quoting his study rather unproblematically showing, for example, the rates in uh, whichever county it was there in California that he found that the infection rate was much higher than had been previously announced. So that it is likely that whatever 20, 25% of the population have been exposed to it or whatever the case is. I'm just throwing numbers out there. But um, again, I, I have problems with the uh, the antibodies that they were supposedly, presumably using. I don't know about the false positive and false negative rates. You would think that's something Dr. John Ioannidis would be particularly uh, in tune with, given the fact that he was the one who wrote uh, why most published research findings are false, which is <laughs> which was the thing that sent not only psychology, but many different scientific professions into a tizzy over the past decade and a half. So there's a lot. There, I mean, there's so much going on. So let's bring this down. I, I don't I, I don't trust at bottom level, the absolute, if there's any number out there that's real, this is the number, which is all-cause death. If there is a huge spike in all-cause death at the exact same time this is happening, presumably that has something to do with this infection that they say is spreading around, right? Okay, yeah. fair enough. So can you tell me, what is the number of deaths 
today in the United States of or with COVID or, uh, okay, first, okay, no, again, I'm getting, I'm getting sidetracked. Mm -hmm. No, what is the excess mortality for New York State in April or let's use March because mm -hmm. presumably those stats are in of March of 2020? See, that's what I can't seem to find because even when I said exactly, you, and, and you're looking exactly. for them too, right? Because why are these numbers so hard to find? And by the way, it's not like we're not looking. So one of the one yes. of the sites that I sent yeah. James was this New York City site because if you did go by the numbers and you just average the states out, right? There was a 37 day period where it appeared by the numbers there were 17,000 more deaths. Now uh, I've heard estimates again. In New York City, uh, it's being published 145 to 160 deaths a day on average. And then they're saying, you know, 280 bodies are being taken from homes and then more from hospitals, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we were able to find, you know, annual numbers, especially in the, in the past few years, where pneumonia is at about 4,000 deaths a year, right? Uh, it's 4,300 something the year before, but it's in that range. You know, my my thing is if I could just find, I guess, the month to month and not have to average the whole year, it would be easier yeah. for me to make that. And all cause death, mm -hmm. not pneumonia, not broken down into all cause death. How many people died in the United States or in New York State or in New York City mm -hmm. in March of 2020, March of 2019, March of 2018? How many years back can we get that data? Why is there no database of this type of information? I did find something that I will put in the links in the show notes when I post this to CorbettReport.com. Uh, I did find uh, a graph, uh, and it says Data Source ONS, the Office of National Statistics in the UK. I'm, I, I, again, I don't have a link to the actual database from which this was compiled, but it shows England and Wales weekly death all causes from 1993, January 1st, to 2020, April 10th. And... There you go. Wow. You can actually see the, the weekly deaths, all causes going back, what, almost 30 years. And you definitely can see now when it's laid out like that, you can see definite spikes every single year in flu season, some spikes higher than others. And you can definitely see that they are reporting some sort of huge spike right now. I say huge, but Definitely huge compared to, say, the last couple of years of flu seasons. But you go back to 2018, there was a pretty significant spike. You go back to 2015, there was an even larger spike. You go back to 2009, a pretty big spike. You go back to 2000, about January of 2000, a huge spike, much bigger than the one that is being reported right now in March, April of 2020. Uh, in 99, a similar one. I, I don't know. I, I'm assuming that is flu related because I don't know of any huge mortality events in the England and Wales in 1999-2000. I'm assuming it's a flu thing. But at any rate, there it was and much bigger than the one that's being reported now. But at least you can see weekly deaths, all causes laid out for almost 30 years. Hey, great. That's data that we can actually use. But why is that not available? Uh, here's another question I have. What is the number of people who are at least being said to have died with of COVID-19 in the United States. What is that number today? Uh, again, I, you know, I, I missed it. You know, <laughs> I think, I think yeah. today it's well, over 50,000. Okay. There are different numbers, yeah. right? There's worldometer. There's Johns Hopkins has some sort of data dashboard. There's, there's some other ones. There's the ones that are being reported on every news channel, mm -hmm. but here's my question. So go to CDC, uh, the COVID-19 
uh, page that they have up, provisional death counts for coronavirus deaths, whatever. Um, and table one, deaths involving coronavirus disease 2019, COVID-19 pneumonia and influenza reported to NCHS by week ending date, United States week ending 2-1-2020-4-18-2020. And they break it down every week. You know, this is the weekly total of deaths. And by, so the latest data they have as of the time we're recording this, April 18th, 2020 was the last week, weekly data they have. So assuming that's going to be updated in the next day or two. But anyway, up till the week of uh, the ending April 18th, 2020, they were reporting 24,555 deaths. So unless, I mean, and I think the latest number that I'm seeing is something like 52,000, yep. right? Yeah, there you go, 52,000. So why, I don't, unless I guess 26,000 people died in the past week in the U.S. Is that right? Yeah, a lot of, otherwise, again, New York, that doesn't seem to add up to me. Well, New York State every day, James, today is our lowest yet, and they reported just under 400. And in the two previous days, right. it was just right, over right. 500. And, 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 and here's the thing. The, the Johns Hopkins dashboard uh, does, doesn't show U.S. It only shows New York. But anyway, New York is 17,000, and that's 17,000, as far as I understand, total. So it certainly wasn't 26,000 deaths this week in the U.S. So where is this 52,000 number coming from? It's not coming from the CDC, which is COVID-19 deaths coded U07.1 on death certificates. That's where they're getting that number. And there's a footnote to U07.1. You might remember U07.1. I talked about that in my uh, episode 376 on lies, uh, damned lies and coronavirus stats. The new ICD code introduced for COVID-19 deaths that was announced in COVID-19 alert number two from the National Vital Statistics System on March 24th, 2020, where they said a new code has been introduced, U07.1, um, which is for uh, coronavirus infection. Uh, what's the exact language here? The email is still area, blah, blah, blah. Please read carefully. The underlying cause depends upon what and where conditions, blah, blah, blah. It says the WHO has provided a second code, U0717.2, for clinical or epidemiological diagnosis of COVID-19, where laboratory confirmation is inconclusive or not available. So if it's inconclusive or not available, it's supposed to be U0.7.2. Yet on the CDC website where they're reporting U0.7.1, they have a footnote that says deaths with confirmed or presumed COVID-19 coded to ICD-10 code U07.1. Well, what's the point of U07.2 then? And where are those numbers? Are those being separate? None of these numbers make sense. None of them add up. All There's so many different sources. Can someone just, just put this straight for me? That's all I want. I have no problem with the idea that there is an excess mortality event taking place in New York right now. There are more people dying in New York than normally do. Now, if we could just establish some sort of number on that, or at least some system for keeping tally of that number, that would be helpful. And secondarily, then we can start talking about what is causing that excess mortality. I agree. But you know what? Again, the social media keyboard warriors out there are so willing, James, to just retweet or um, I would say spam information that's totally incorrect. Let me show you something that got spammed yep. to me last night. And I, I think that this is kind of like ridiculous, but we'll, we'll get into it. So I look at this chart and this is causes of death in New York state, mid-March through mid-April, right? And it looks like, again, contrary to what I'm reading in those numbers of averages of 17,000 excess deaths, what we have is about two and a half thousand and that all these deaths that would have been heart disease, cancer, accident, stroke, blah, blah, blah. I mean, homicides in there. It, I mean, if you didn't realize it was fake by then, 
whatever. But this is being posted as a real thing. Here's where it gets funny. There's an actual hyperlink that if you t you have to type it in. So mm -hmm. I would say 99.99999% of people, instead of being me and being like, that can't be real, and typing in the hyperlink and realizing it's real, and that in fact that chart does not exist anywhere on the page, and instead, you know, you just have a chart basically going over coronavirus deaths and then probable. So the ones that they've confirmed and then probable on a daily basis from March 11th to the 12th. And just so everybody knows that I'm not faking this or whatever, uh, look, we'll go through the whole thing. This person is posting a link to a fake, you know, a fake figure that gets retweeted thousands of times, if not tens of thousands of times, to an article that's real that says nothing of the sort. And people, I can't tell you yeah. how many people, you know, thumbed yeah. that up or liked that and said, yeah, Jason, yeah. we told you. And I'm just like, my God. Yeah. Okay. And let me, let me add one because uh, I, I want to show I'm not, it's not that I have some dog in this fight and I, I have to prove that no one's ever died of this. I, I, I don't, I genuinely don't. And something that you point out that I've seen you point out that is valuable to point out is people who un unproblematically tweet that image of, look, pneumonia deaths or whatever it is has suddenly plummeted, right? But as you show, no, every year, they it, that's a figure that's adjusted throughout the year as more data comes in and they get the data and then it, it inevitably curves upwards. That's a valuable thing to show people because I've seen, I think, well-meaning people who genuinely are not doing this for a reason, but they're being taken in by this data, which you look at the graph and you see, oh, look, pneumonia deaths are plummeting just as COVID-19 deaths are rising. Clearly, they're just switching out the code. Well, no, this is something that happens every single year in the pneumonia death data. And if you have that context, you understand what's happening. But this is the point. I guarantee you, of the however many people are watching or listening to our words right now, a fraction of a sliver of a tiniest percentage point have any training in epidemiology or virology or or uh, st st statisticians or people who work with this data or people who code for this data. I mean, there's so much specialty knowledge involved in contextualizing this information that makes it very dangerous. A little bit of information is a dangerous thing because people think that they are informed when in fact they do not understand the context of what they're seeing, which is why I, I, I'm not coming at this from the perspective of I know what's happening and I know the stats and I know the numbers and this, and this is what you have to believe. No, I'm saying I am a layman. I am not trained in this. I have as much training as the average keyboard warrior out there in any of this, which is to say nothing. I have, have looked at and read and I, I try. I'm doing my best to research these numbers, but as I hope this conversation is showing. It is confusing. There, are, It's very difficult to find the bottom line numbers on this and where they're coming from and how they're being arrived at. And that is my ultimate point, is that, I, I, again, I believe that there is an excess mortality event taking place in New York. But even once we establish that, uh, and and I don't know the numbers on that because I can't find them, but even if we, when we do establish that, there are still many things that have to be talked about to contextualize that information. What does that mean? And what, you know, what, how can we compare this to other excess mortality events and, and other things along those lines that are the 18,000 layers deep into this conversation that we can't even arrive at. And yet we are already fundamentally restructuring our society and talking about civilization itself will never be the same until we get a vaccine and all of these other crazy discussions that are happening on the back of this data that is just thrown at us. Of course, if you just watch the mainstream news, you just get these numbers without any context. Deaths due to COVID-19, 52,000. <gasps> you know, oh my God, what does that mean? Contextualize it. That's the point of this, right?
And the other thing I really liked about that viral video with the doctors, you know, outside of them talking about the numbers, etc., was the fact that, you know, while all these people are washing their hands and they're constantly scrubbing down things and they're staying at home and they're not getting sunlight, their immune systems are going down. And then what you're going to do is you're going to tell everybody it's okay to go out there and they're going to get actually sick from other things. Forget about COVID-19. Meanwhile, yep. 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 you furloughed a ton of uh, different workers, especially in the health yep. industry. Many of them are now on this unemployment, just like uh, my nurse friend was saying. She's like, well, I wish I was the one unemployed. I wouldn't be dealing with this and I'd be making more money. And there are certainly people that are looking at that aspect of this and saying, why am I working if I'm going to make more money not working, which creates a whole nother issue, James, the economic one of this. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And the economic one is going to be the major one a few months down the road when it really starts affecting people in ways that they are not seeing right now. But for the time being, we're just looking at these numbers like it's some sort of sport and looking at the death tally as if it's, you know, the scoreboard or something. Um, now, okay, there's so many, there's so many different things that I want to touch on that are so important to this conversation. But let's let's look at, for example, okay. So we're, we're getting death numbers and death totals. There's an excess mortality. You know, clearly there's there's deaths being caused by some sort of infectious agent that's going around. Now, again, it's about contextualizing the information because, again, if it's just reported decontextualized like that, we're putting the fear of mortal death stepping out of your door into the average person. Uh, did you see Tom Green on Joe Rogan? I just no, saw that I missed it. Tom <laughs> Green is... I, I it's not Tom. even a joke. He's literally sanitizing everything he touches. He hasn't been out of his house in four weeks. He, he's sanitizing all his groceries before they get. Wait, when wait they get you're telling me the man, touch them for three days. the man that humped a dead moose on the side of the road yes. in 1990s <laughs> MTV is now a germaphobe. I'm telling you, yeah. And watch it. It's not a joke. He's seriously crazy about it. But anyway, that's just one example that I'm sure we all know people like that uh -huh. who are freaking out about this. But let's contextualize these deaths. Death numbers, even taking them at face value. Um, up on uh, uh, Doug Casey's International Man, uh, David Stockman uh, just had an interview where he noted five per 100,000. Uh, he's talking about the death rates in New York, I think New York State specifically. Mm. Um, oh, I better read the in context here because I've just clipped a part that I found interesting. Okay, uh, this isn't a disaster. This isn't plague or calamity. For those under 50 years of age in the state of New York, the death rate is slightly under five per 100,000. Five per 100,000 is half the rates of suicides per 100,000 annually among the 50 and under population. It is a small fraction of the 90 deaths per 100,000 annually that occur for all kinds of reasons, accidents and illnesses, including suicide. You would not in the slightest, in any kind of sane world, shut down an entire economy and lock down everything when you have a 5 per 100,000 death rate for the overwhelming share of the population. On the other hand, if you look at the population 80 years and older in uh, in New York, uh, dot, 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 uh, da, 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 the death rate is 1,086 deaths per 100,000. In other words, it's night and day. The virus is not a, a vital, fatal problem for the overwhelming share of the population. Lots of people get infected. Most are asymptomatic, blah, 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 blah. It's in the over age 70 age group, and especially in the over 80 age group, that the overwhelming share of these severe cases is developed. So, okay, so let's take the numbers and the data completely at face value. 
100%, whatever they're saying the death toll is, that's what the death toll is, or maybe they're underreporting, whatever it is. But let's just look at the demographics that they're talking about here. Now, if, if again, using their own data, if it is overwhelmingly over 70-year-olds or over 80-year-olds who are dying of this disease, then absolutely, yes, let us protect the weakest in the population, the people who are most prone to this disease, which are people who are well beyond retirement age and have nothing to do with the actual productive working economy and retail and all of that. So if we're going to lock down and shut down and completely quarantine people, let's quarantine the over 70-year-olds and make sure they are taken care of completely and do whatever kind of financial assistance we need to do to make sure they never have to pay for anything again in their life and people will deliver things to them in special hazmat suits and whatever, whatever the case may be. And that would be orders of magnitude less money and whatever else that is being devoted to the problem right now. But no, that would be approaching its, its insanity. Uh, insanity, not through insanity. Uh, because, yes, I mean, obviously, what is happening right now is not about this disease. Mm -hmm. This disease is just the excuse for absolutely every agenda item that you and I have been warning about for years and years in terms of the growing of the police state, the collapsing of the economy, everything else is this is just the excuse that they are using for that. And that's that's what happens when you start to contextualize the information. Um, some other important points I want to hit on. Uh, uh, e again, let's go back to the excess mortality figure. Okay, X number of thousand more people are dying per day, per week, per month in this or that locality. What does that mean? Once again, it can be 100% the case that absolutely every single one of those excess deaths are unproblematically due to COVID-19. Or it could be things like what you've pointed out. I know you've been pointing this out for weeks and weeks before the MSM finally started picking it up, which is that uh, for people going on ventilators, that is a very life-threatening procedure. Uh, you, If you are going on a ventilator, there is a good chance you are not coming off. But even in the best of best of cases, non-COVID cases, when you go on a ventilator, there is a 50% chance you're not coming off of it. In New York, as you as you pointed out, it's over 80% uh, on, that go on ventilators die on those ventilators. So clearly, there are an excess amount of deaths that are being caused by the supposed cure that they are using there, or at least the, the treatment that they're using for the people who are having problems breathing. So that that has to be taken into account. And then there are there is there. There is a genuine issue surrounding how many deaths are being caused by the lockdown and various procedures. And this is not fringe conspiracy stuff. This is mainstream stuff. Um, the Sunday Times was reporting in uh, the UK a couple of weeks ago about excess deaths in England and Wales, which I mentioned earlier. And it says England and Wales have experienced a record number of deaths in a single week with 6,000 more than average for this time of year. Okay, 6,000 more. That's something. Only half of those extra numbers were attributed to the coronavirus. What? 3,000 excess deaths, coronavirus, 3,000 something else? Well, what else is causing excess mortality? Yeah, but Experts said they maybe, were shocked by the rise, particularly. Do you think that maybe on Sorry? that one, those are the ones that they don't test after the fact, like we saw in the Kirkland nursing homes? You know, a lot of people have uh, said, yeah. 
I mean, well, again, it goes, on, it goes yeah. on to address that. It goes on to address that. It says experts said they were shocked by the rise, particularly in non-COVID-19 deaths, and expressed concern that the lockdown might be having unintended consequences for people's health. There are fears that patients are not seeking help for life-threatening conditions, including heart attacks, because they are worried about catching coronavirus in hospital. And it goes on, and I, I'll link this up again when I post this so people can go through, and it goes on in great detail, breaking down the numbers and uh, how they're deriving them. Um, but the Office of National Statistics is one of those uh, bodies that is coding very liberally, as Deborah Burks has called it, or generously, I think she she called it, in terms of if you die with COVID-19, you die of COVID-19. So yes. the uh, the idea that this is being underreported is unlikely, shall we say. Uh, there is an excess mortality event taking place, but part, at least part of that is due to the fact that uh, life-saving medical procedures are not happening because people are either avoiding or not able to go uh, to, to use medical services right now. Well, one of the things I want to hit on really quick uh, is especially what you just said about asymptomatic people, right? Because I think that's extremely important. Uh, let's go into it. So now this study, and I believe this was 40,000 tests. I, I believe that that's what this was of random pe people. Let's, let's make sure I'm getting this right. I'm wrong. It is 3,000 people uh, from outside of their homes uh, that they tested randomly in and around the state, most of them in New York City, I believe. But they said it was estimated around 14%, basically of 19.5 million, had the antibodies, all right? So that's that's roughly around 2 million people, all right? If that's the case and you go to New York City's numbers, they have 11,460 confirmed deaths. And if you even added the probable at about 16,000, that would still be less than 1 in 1,000, still be less than a point. 1% mortality rate. Now, what I thought also was really interesting that was very underreported, Boston, another place that was uh, hit pretty hard. I printed, I, uh, I posted the story where they did 15 pages of obituaries last Sunday via the Boston Globe. But one of the things that's being downplayed is out of 397 homeless people tested in Boston, 146 came up positive. That's 36%. None of them showed any symptoms. All of them were completely asymptomatic. And you got to think most of these home, homeless people don't have the com comorbidities or they wouldn't be survi surviving on the street. And they don't have what? The number one comorbidity in New York, which is obesity. You know, that's the number one stunner because that leads to heart disease. It leads to diabetes, et cetera, et cetera. It gives you those very serious comorbidities. And just to, again show that point of an immune system and all of these people testing asymptomatically in an Ohio prison, 73% of the inmates tested positive. Folks, 73% of the inmates aren't going to die or even get sick from COVID. I would say if 2% of the inmates there got sick, that would be a big number. So that should show you that this is an infectious carrier disease. Uh, however, if it gets you, you know, it, it, it can rapidly take your life. And I've seen that, you know, again, when a mother loses her son, her brother, and, uh, you know, a father in a week's time to this, yeah, were they all diabetic? Probably, you know, but would that happen with the flu? Uh, on the other flip side to that, again, it seems to be a disease that's crazily asymptomatic. And with children suffering the least and the 20-somethings getting sick the least, think how many carriers are actually out there. 
I mean, that, that's how I look at it, James. Like, I, again, with all the kids, like, just think about all the kids that haven't yeah. gotten sick from well, that. And, and not we, yeah, we do not know the prevalence of this. Yeah, but none. then again, we don't know anything. We don't know when this actually started. We really don't. We don't know that. We, we have the narrative that it started in Wuhan in November. But uh, but we also know, and this is something I need to, to get to the bottom of, because I've, I've, I know that this has been reported, but I don't have it in front of me. But the CDC has admitted that um, before the official whatever first COVID death, that there were people dying, that it was being basically reported as flu, but yes. they now retroactively think that they were dying with COVID-19. I think they said a February so patient. When, now, when did it actually come and where and how, you know, and is this, you know, again, and again, back to the antibody tests and what do they show and what don't they show? Uh, IgG versus IgM and other technical immunological terms that I, I will not presume to be able to adjudicate on because I am not trained on them. But again, what does that actually mean? There's, again, nothing but questions when it comes to this. And again, I think if we, I mean, again, let's let's talk about the numbers. But if we keep quibbling about the numbers, we miss the bigger point of the absolute complete power grab on on steroids times a million. This is orders of magnitude more. The the Bush neocon cabal back in uh, after 9-11 could only have had wet dreams about the idea of being able to put 100% outright surveillance of everywhere, not just what you're saying online or something, but literally everywhere you go and everyone you have contact with will now be cataloged, database, tracked, data mined, and, and people are embracing it. This is insanity. And this is what we are stepping, goose stepping into right now on the back of COVID-1984. And not only that, you know, it's kind of mainstream. I was uh, yesterday, uh, you know, I was watching, I, I throw on MSNBC and Fox News in the morning now, and I'm waiting for the uh, the press conferences, et cetera. But they were actually talking about Peter Thiel and Palantir and his app that's going to be openly track tracing and databasing you. And, you know, I want to go back just a little bit because I do think there's other, you know, huge aspects even outside of the goals of these people. But where this originated now, now the narratives are changing, right? Now it's okay if you're Sean Hannity to say that this was not a bioweapon, but a bioproject working on a vaccine for maybe HIV or something like that. It escapes the lab, but again, it doesn't escape the lab on purpose. It accidentally escapes the lab. Hits an animal, goes to the bat, it's the Wuhan uh, lab's fault. Now, maybe Tucker Carlson goes a little farther than that narrative, but the narrative now is a leaked bio-virus, maybe bio-weapon, from the Wuhan lab. And now it's pitting this new cold-type war of America number one <laughs> and China bad. And then on the other flip side, China and Iran are saying, well, this looks like a United States bioweapon always putting it in the context of a nation state meanwhile we don't even know if the north korean dictator is alive right now kim jong-un or what he uh came came ill with i, I mean we are truly in some very bizarro world oh. times Absolute insanity, yeah. Uh, I'll direct your attention. I'm sure you've seen it, but I want people out there to watch a video called The Coronavirus Conspiracy, Did COVID-19 Come from America by Nathan Rich? Which is a particularly good video because he puts out this timeline of all of the craziness that was happening in the U.S. last year surrounding uh, the shutdown of Fort Detrick because of unnamed 
security incident, whatever, of something escaping from the lab, presumably, that they didn't want the public to know about, but we're not allowed to know because of national security, in exactly in line with outbreaks of that vaping. Remember when vaping was suddenly killing people with mm -hmm. these COVID-19-like symptoms yep. at the exact same time in the exact same areas? As the, and, and so uh, Nathan Rich lays this out in a timeline and shows that there is some very good questions that one could and should be asking about what really actually happened last year in the U.S. And But then the best part about that video is at the end, I, I really hope people will watch it all the way through, all the way to the end, because at the end he says, look, I've done what everyone does, which is to take these points and this point and this point that line up and put them together to show this story that I'm trying to show. But I could I could take this point and I could take that point and I could take this other point that doesn't con correspond with my story that completely goes against what I'm saying. Uh, everyone is constructing these narratives based on cherry picking this piece of data and that piece of data and that thing that goes with them. And I don't agree and I don't trust any of the uh, antibody tests, but I'll trust Dr. John Ioannidis antibody test because that one seems to indicate something that I want to hear being said. Or those two doctors that that uh, is going viral right now. Um, I will take them and and I, I trust me, I've gotten that emailed to me about 700 times in the last two days. The most important thing you'll ever see about James, have you seen this? Yes, yes, I have seen it. Thank you. But yeah, and I agree with a lot of what they're saying, but at the same time, I disagree with other things they're saying. I mean, not just a, uh, unproblematically taking the numbers at face value, but also doing things like extrapolating general infection rates from the limited number of tests that we that have been done, which is not valid because presumably, at least at the time when testing was being carefully rationed, the only people being tested were people showing symptoms. So if you have 25% positive rate of testing in a very limited population of people who are being tested because they are symptomatic, because they have reason to believe they have the infection, then you cannot extrapolate to the general population. Therefore, 25% of you know 360 million people have it. No, you cannot do that. They were doing that specifically in uh, in the, the things that they were saying. So I, I, again, everyone is cherry picking data and bits and pieces that they like to construct narratives. And I want people to realize that that's happening and at least at least get that through their head, that, that all of the data that you're looking at and everything, there is a lot of contradictory information out there. And here's where I come down. And this is specifically what I said in my uh, lies, damned lies and coronavirus uh, statistics episode, which I hope people, again, I hope people watched it to the end. It's long, it's over an hour long, but at, at the 64 minute mark of that podcast, I said, and I quote, because I got it from the, the GooTube transcript, I said, and look, I am not coming down and saying this is definitively this and this is definitively that and I think this is the real number and this is the fake number. No, I'm saying there is so much confusion being sown right now that of course we do not have a handle on all of these numbers and what they really mean. But that is the point. And the point again is that if they can create a narrative then that is a switch that has been put in place and they will flip that switch whenever they need to in order to enact whatever political policies that they want. As long as we go along with the narrative, as long as we've demonstrated that we will respond when they flip that switch, then they will flip that switch. Do you think they will not? And that really is the underlying point for me because even if, even if, 100% every number that we are seeing right now is 100% legit. It's exactly 52,016 deaths or whatever they're saying today. Even if that's exactly right, or even if they're underreporting, maybe it's 8 million, billion, bajillion deaths. But 
The point is they have embedded by th doing things like inserting new codes, U07.1, and uh, reporting dying with uh, COVID-19, dying of COVID-19, conflating those numbers. They have embedded tricks that can be used. I'm not even saying they are being used, but that can be used to create the impression of a wave of deaths that's taking place, even when it is not. And I'm not saying that's what's happening right now, but I'm saying they are they are in they're changing things that have been in place for decades on the back of this crazy once-in-a-lifetime thing that'll never happen again. And that that thing that they are embedding right now will be the thing that they can use, for example, to create a second wave, or at least the impression of a second wave, which we know 100 percent guaranteed is coming. Not necessarily in reality, but necessarily they are going to say there's a second wave and you know who caused it it was all those crazy freedom protesters the people who were against the lockdown those crazy people who were trying to get out of their house imprisonment and go back to work what selfish people they are and look they've killed uh, you know eight bajillion people because they caused the second wave which we all know is coming and as you pointed out as the doctors pointed out in that viral video yeah there will be a second wave of, of huge numbers of infections, not necessarily COVID-19, but there will be people getting sick very soon because once you've locked yourself in your house for a month or two or whatever it is, and then go out and are suddenly exposed to all the normal pathogens that you're exposed to every day, once again, with a weakened immune system, you better believe a lot of people are going to be getting sick. And oh, by the way, we furloughed all this medical staff and greatly reduced our actual medical capacity, strangely enough, during this time of medical crisis. Uh, so you better believe people are going to get sick and die uh, as a result of the lockdown. Uh, the second wave that will be caused because people's immune systems have been compromised. And they're going to blame that on people those stupid civilians who care about freedom and it's because they won't take the contact tracing app on their fondle slab smart device right uh, it's not hard to predict where this is going and in fact i just wrote about this in my newsletter uh, i wrote four pandemic predictions one of which is about this second wave narrative that they're going to embed and that's the point they're embedding all the statistical chicanery right now so that even if everything is 100 above board and legit right now they can use that in the future to convince people of a narrative, to convince people, for example, of a second wave of infections that's happening, whether it's happening or not. You know, let's talk about, I guess, the, the last big subject, the psychological warfare aspect of this. And even the doctors kind of the very last thing he said is, look, right now, you know, we can say it's a virus in your home. Who's to say they don't tell you that China's going to bomb us and you need to stay home? I mean, he literally talks about a Chinese bomb. And now, more than ever, I don't know how it is where you are, but I'm in New York State, and I'm in the Walmarts. Even though they're packed, I'm not supposed to go down this way on that aisle. It's a one-way. I mean, more than the staff, it's the people. Now, there are some people that are just like, you know, fuck this. I'm not wearing a mask. You come up to me. You say something. That's fine. Whatever. There are other people that if you get within three feet of them, have the mask on, and you cough, you're not, you might not only get a dirty look, you might get something said to you <laughs> on top of that. Or you're going the wrong way. You're going the wrong way. We've built not only a very uh, fearful large se segment of the general populace now, right? Very fearful, but also one ready to snitch at a moment's notice and become the new Gestapo when the digital Gestapo may fail in some cases. 
That's frightening. Oh, 100%. Yes, no, uh, the snitch state uh, culture that's being instituted right now is one of the most disturbing parts of this because I fully expect that the powers that shouldn't be are going to use any crisis to go as far as they can with their agenda, which we all know by now. But the people you would expect would not be willing, embracing, loving participants in that new police state that they're trying to bring bring in. But yes, they are. They're, they're going to do it. This crisis is bringing out the inner authoritarian in a lot of people who crave, who truly want, who actually want in some ways apocalypse to play out so that they can have the moment where the big, strong you know, dictator is going to swoop in and make everything better by telling people what to do and how to do it. And, da you know, daddy government, please set the rules and I'm going to help enforce him. I'm going to I'm going to tattle on my neighbor and all of that stuff. Now it is good to see, like for example, the tattle line that uh, was it De Blasio set up there in New York, um, <laughs> that people are now you know sending him dick pics and Hitler pics and things like this to screw with that snitch state system. That's that's good. I like that, and I hope there's more of that. But uh, some people, as we all know, some people love to play enforcer. You know, the teachers' pets of the world who would just love to be helping daddy government and big brother enforce the police state. Well, I think even on top of the people that love it, they get so scared that they feel like they have to. They get into panic mode. They're like, oh, my God. Like, for instance, you know, the people that are hypochondriacs anyway. And, you know, they peeked into the Applebee's where it was contactless delivery and they saw inside they weren't wearing the masks. Oh, my God, that's going to be at least a terrible review on Yelp. You know, they may not be calling the actual police, but they're letting the public know, oh, my God, these people could make you sick. And I think it's a very anti-human agenda. Um, you know, that's one of the things that I'm not really allowed to talk about on this is that it has a very transhumanist feel. Uh, again, no matter how deadly you feel this is, no matter, you know, what the what the solutions are, when things like the suggestions are, the new normal is not to shake hands. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm supposed to get rid of a tradition of tens of thousands of years that human beings, when they greeted one another, would, would get a read on another human being by a physical act. And, you know, I can't even understand what the bar scene is going to look like. A scene that is close to my heart, James. You know, it's 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 something that is going to have to be totally reimagined according to the establishment. Or are enough of us just going to say, fuck you, we don't care, and, and push forward? Because there are – I mean, you look at that sheriff today in Seattle. He's like, I'm done. We're not enforcing anything. You know, everybody can open up. Let's go. That's it. Now – He's the sheriff. Are the states going to come in and enforce it? You know, it's going to be very interesting. And just like with New Jersey, when the people were like, I can get a burrito, I can't get a gun. I need to get a gun. They pushed back. They got a gun. New York said, I can get a burrito. I want a gun. And they got the burrito. <laughs> there, you know, they didn't reopen uh, the pistol permits here. So, you know, that alone to me has, you know, I've been talking about it for a while. I'm trying to get out of New York State for sure. I don't want to be beholden to the city. Uh, I don't want to be beholden to the hysteria. So, you know, that's that's my plan, I guess. Where do you think we are? I, and hopefully we'll do a broadcast in a month or two. You know, wh what do you think the next, you know, what's what's the wrap-up to this? Um, is it a wrap-up or is it the next level of uh, a oh, lockdown? It, it's a wrap-up because uh, my wife is not attending to my daughter at the moment. So I'm going to have to go out. But before I go... I just want to clear up. So we've been talking for nearly an hour right now. What do we disagree about? 
Um, basically not much, James, especially not the important stuff. Maybe uh, the minutia of the numbers. I think that you, like me, realize there is something especially going on in New York that is irregular. People are actually dying. Um, I, I think we agree that the Central Park tents are not to get the abused children from the underground tunnels. Uh, I think... <laughs> I think we can agree on Is a lot of stuff. one of the stuff. Q theories going around? Dude, that's what I get. I literally, so when okay. I was talking about that being a processing center for some of the bodies or whatever, going, you know, they're not really using them as hospitals. They're basically using them as transports for the overflow that they're having, right? They're like, no, my sources on the ground are telling me that's where they're getting the children from the underground tunnels. <laughs> I probably lost 50 subscribers right there just doing that. Oh, no. Oh, dear. <laughs> All right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But, again, this is part of the flooding of the zone. There's going to be so much info going around. Um, we know Event 201. I know you did the watch along, so you know all about this. The infodemic, uh, which I also wrote about in my newsletter a couple weeks ago, that is part of the narrative. They're going to flood the Internet with a bunch of crap and... And then they're going to come along and say, look, it was because of this bunch of crap that grandma died. Therefore, we have to crack down on the net. Goodbye, Jason Burmis. Goodbye, James Corbett, at least from the controlled platforms. We know that this is coming. We Let's, know this is part of the narrative. It's embedded. You're bumming me. Um, so you're bumming I, me. This is going to be a good wheat from the chaff se separation event because uh, people who do not have their heads screwed on straight are not going to be able to find their way through this. Well, I think that you are right, unfortunately. And, you know, we saw it with, like, the massive demonetization, my channel. Your channel, you didn't even monetize. They got rid of it. Um, so yeah. I, yeah, I really, exactly. truly believe, I, think though. Think about that. I wasn't even monetizing any videos, and they demonetized my channel. <laughs> like, <laughs> For yeah. harmful content, I would assume, right? Even though you have zero yeah, strikes? Yeah, 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 of course, right. Yeah. Zero no, strikes. Yeah, because I was against the policies, and I looked it up, and I was looking through, like, what? so what policy do they theoretically say? But I noticed they've added one specifically about medical whatever, mm -hmm. going against medical guidelines or whatever they say, whatever kind of weasel language they have. James, uh, again, we'll do it soon. Uh, hopefully it'll be in, under better circumstances. Hopefully, you know, people will keep pushing back and... You know, we won't accept this track, trace, database, Apple, Google, nanny state where, you know, the boogeyman is eternal and it comes in the form of a virus. CorbettReport.com is the website. Thank you, James. I appreciate it, brother. Uh, Take care. He's the best, guys. I love him. Make sure you go over there and make sure to support him. And if you can support me financially, $5, $10, $15, it means the world to me. Both of us are completely demonetized. Um I hope that was a good one for people. I hope that makes people realize that me and James uh, Corbett aren't like at each other's throats because I, you know, I think that it, especially in New York, a lot of the numbers may be being underreported. I do think people are dying. Uh, I do want to finish up my uh, my source on the ground.